0: Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown and Lord all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown and Lord of all. Welcome everybody to the Tag Europe Podcast. I am Ray Ray, and who do we have on the line all together here? We got you, Dave, right? Yes, Dave is here. And who else do we have on the line?
1: Well, you got Joshua Jenkins. That's me. And Brandon Dodd. I'm here too.
0: So, um, yeah, uh, what they're, they're, the people that are watching this on the live cast anyway are not used to the setup that I have anyway. So we've got a big Google Meet going on. This is an impromptu show um, that uh, we have put on this evening. So we haven't really done much planning or whatever, but something come up um, that Dave wanted to uh, bring to attention on the podcast and live cast. And so we have Josh Jenkins and Brandon Dodd. And you know them. They've been on the show. Um, Josh has been on. This is like the third time. I guess you've been on the show now and Brandon's second time Um, there with the uh, God and Government Conference as well. If uh, you're just tuning in and you have never met these guys, they have uh, dealt with us before. And uh, we're going to continue to utilize uh, their God-given brains and uh, mission work um, as far as especially when it comes to um, things when it like, you know, when it comes to political things, uh, these guys are really awesome uh, when it gets it gets into that. So we are very thankful to Josh and Brandon for their time and uh, their giftings and their heart for um, just everything becoming uh, underneath the feet of Christ and uh, the church's mission in that. So it's really awesome, guys. So thank you guys again for taking your time and uh, coming on the podcast. And um, Dave, you can sort of take this one away from here, man.
2: Yeah, so um, this idea and this topic was kind of raised to my attention actually at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting this year in October, when the resolution that Adam and I submitted was completely gutted of any actual abolitionist language. Um, then it was reported to have been adopted as an abolitionist resolution which was false and that was problematic but actually what's very interesting is before our actually after our resolution there was another resolution um, on the use of products of mm-hmm. fetal tissue research. That was a good resolution. Um, I felt like it stated things really clearly and it actually partnered really well. Michael Wilbanks actually was the messenger who Mm -hmm. brought that forward and we got to meet with him and talk with him a little bit about it. Um, Sounded like a great thing. I can stand behind that resolution but the problem that exists, uh, Missouri Baptists have the pathway newspaper, a path, the pathway is a newspaper that we greatly appreciate. We've used multiple times. Uh, and of course the general editor for that is Don Hinkle. And, um, Josh actually raised my attention to this. Don wrote an article called taking the vaccine is safe with a clear conscience. And so, uh, Josh commented on that. And I just kind of want to hand it over to uh, you, Brandon and Josh, and kind of share with me some of your thoughts on that article and why this article is problematic in light of resolution three and resolution four of the Missouri Baptist convention. There, you got a lot to cover. So uh, I should give you a broad uh, area.
3: Yeah. So when I uh, read the article there in the pathway, the, The thing that really grabbed my attention was, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about the ethics of using these COVID-19 vaccines because of the possibilities. And from documentation, we know that there are um, aborted fetal cells that have been used. Maybe they're not directly in each vaccine, but they've been their their fetal cell lines have been used to develop or in the testing process and different vaccines have used them to a different degree. Um, And that's been coming out. More people are becoming aware of that issue. And in the article, in the pathway, uh, it was brought, it was basically admitted that this is something that is happening. It didn't state, you know, to what degree the author believed it to be, but they said, you know, there are boarded fetal cells being used at some point in the process of making these vaccines, but it's okay, and the reason that they used the article uh, that it was okay was because, well, it happened. They, these were aborted fetal cells, aborted babies that we've t- uh, taken their you know tissue or things from uh, from back in the nineteen seventies. And I've I've read articles that once from nineteen eighty five. I've even read articles that would imply that it's even earlier than that. Hmm. But basically, the argument was because. These were aborted babies from you know 30 years ago. Well, that's okay now, and that was really problematic because, in thinking about that, where is the standard by which you can determine um, at what point it becomes okay? Because it, because the article mentioned that, well, since there's no babies being murdered now presently for the vaccines, that makes it okay. But the question is, at what point did it become okay? Was it after? Five years of them being dead? Uh, was it after 15 years of them being killed and murdered? Um, there's no consistent standard. I don't know what the standard would be to determine when it's okay to start profiting off of murdered babies.
0: Yeah. So, um, and
3: so that was the thing that that really raised my eyebrows with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let me uh, read this. So. Whenever I read the article, I, kn- I know where you're, what you're coming from. And so for the audience, for everybody here, I just wanted to uh, just read this little section here. This is what confused me whenever I also uh, read the article as well. Well, but it says there has been much written and discussed about the vaccines and leading Christian ethicists have concluded that anyone choosing to take any of the vaccines may do so safely and with a c- clear conscience. Much of the controversy has stemmed from reports that the vaccines are derived from stem cells of aborted babies in the 1970s. Southern Baptist ethicists like C. Ben Mitchell, Andrew Walker, and Matthew Arbo have written that an individual is not formally cooperating with a moral evil when using a vaccine developed thanks to an abortion. Furthermore, no abortions occurred in the development of the COVID-19 vaccines, nor, and this is a quote here, nor is it certain that the original abortions from which the cell lines were initially established were performed for the sake of research or developing vaccines. The three ethicists wrote for the Witherspoon Institute's journal, Public Discourse, the cell lines involved in developing and confirming the viability of the COVID-19 vaccines were used as a result of previous abortions they were not the cause of any new abortions. So what you're seeing here is they're, it's like they're admitting yes, these come from abortions but no mm-hmm. new abortions um, and uh, but it, then it kind of like throws the abortion in the background now you know, and, and so here's where it's the uh, um, wow, you, you've got kids too, that's awesome. happens <laughs> All the time on tag, too. So, I'm glad that I'm not the only one, <laughs> but anyway. But it's it, it almost like it, it, it admits it, but it, then it tries to throw the abortion in the background here. Um, but it says no new abortions but it's like but remember there's an original there was original abortions here and that's what you're talking about so i just wanted to clarify that for the audience this is the confusing part of the article because we're still talking about um, cell lines development and all that kind of stuff that that happens so this is almost like this can be if we're in the age of misinformation and not liking misinformation this is definitely um, misleading and misinformed and and it will lead the person reading it to be confused. And so this is what I this is where I personally have the problem of it just going like we need to have this very much more clarified.
2: So Brandon right. Oh, go for it, Josh. I
3: was gonna say and and you know, I don't know how much the author of whether it's the ethicist that Don was drawing from or Don I don't know how much they have looked into the facts about some of these vaccines but it's in we can drop a link to this that i sent you guys in the comments if we need to but i i don't know if it's a johnson johnson vaccine or one of them was bragging about how in their vaccine it's used from a cell line called c 6 or something like that per c6 which that uh cell line came from an aborted baby in 1985 um which was an elective, a completely elective abortion, just because the mother did not okay. want the baby, which he mentioned in an article, we don't know if it was done. How do you say it? Um, specifically for this purpose. Yeah, so that's the other confusion. Is, it, one of them was done just because the mother did not want the baby and chose to, to murder it.
0: Yeah, so it's, like, um, so it's almost so saying it's here actually
3: that, not true, that statement as well.
0: Right. Yeah, so it's saying that um, if it was... Aborted for the specific purpose of blank vaccine, Right. then that's the problem. But if it's just a coincidence, you know, it's a, it's a consequent to like, oh, yeah. this this was aborted. Well, better use it, right? Better not let it go to waste. Is kind of the the attitude toward it, and that's still kind of no, the thing. still no. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. At,
1: at least that's what the the article yeah. was seeming to imply.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and Brandon, I was going to ask you, you know, Josh and Adam have pointed out this uh, problem with arbitrary standards, but from a pastoral standpoint and from a Missouri Baptist standpoint, you know, uh, how do we respond to this use of arbitrary standards and what do we need to be doing to better clarify this? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, well, one of the things that's most deeply troubling to me is it's not just arbitrary, but it seems hypocritical because we have taken you know so many good uh, especially in the SBC and the NBC uh, good guys have taken hardline stances we shouldn't use vaccines like this but all of a sudden, Uh, for this particular disease, for this one vaccine, all of a sudden it's okay. And so not only are we not standing on God's word, but we're also going back on what we said could be acceptable in the first place. And certainly Christians are not only called to have, have a standard, uh, an ultimate standard, the authority of scripture, but we're also called to be consistent, um, to not be hypocritical. And so, yeah, both of those are very, very troubling. Um, If God values life from conception, and we want to smuggle in this idea that um, I mean, because this is a different deal. Uh, I'm preaching to the choir with you guys, but for those listening, I mean, this is obviously a different deal than you know, if I'm an organ donor, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, if I if I've elected to do that um, versus um, us harvest. We're implying that the harvesting of, of dead children. Science is um, acceptable. We're implying that the harvesting of murdered babies um, it could be could be acceptable. Not to I mean, there's there's I don't I don't even know what ethical problem we want to have because there's so many with that idea.
2: Yeah. Well, it seems to run in contradiction to Resolution Four. I mean, the very first, whereas uh, the Southern Baptist Convention has decidedly opposed elective abortion resolved from many previous resolutions on the sanctity of human life at the SBC annual meeting. And whereas the Southern Baptist convention has decidedly opposed fetal tissue research and the sale of aborted baby parts resolved from previous resolutions on human fetal tissue trafficking at the 2000 SBC annual meeting right there, based upon what Josh has um found in his research, we know that this was elective abortion. There's not a lack of clarity on that. And therefore, as Missouri Baptists, if we say, hey, it's okay in this sense for us to use an elective abortion, we've now presented a very serious contradiction of what we're actually doing and then demonstrated fundamentally as a um, as a state convention that we can't be trusted, we say one thing in one setting when we're together, mm-hmm. and then publicly we endorse this idea, hey, go ahead and use this. And so what would your response be to those people who say, but 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 I have to get I have to get a vaccine, I have to get a vaccine. What do you say to those folks? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I mean, so Obviously, Christians have always, um, generally speaking, said we don't want to found our uh, behavior and our arguments on pragmatism, mm. and and I mean that's that's really the the, the biggest problem. Is uh, you know, we, notwithstanding anything to do with the coronavirus, um, there's just all kinds of assumptions being smuggled into the idea that. Um, the ends in this particular, with this particular virus, I mean, it doesn't matter what virus it is. The ends don't justify the means. And, um, we've, we've, uh, stood on that ground. We fought, um, important battles, especially Baptists on that ground. And, uh, and then all of a sudden here, for some reason, um, and we, you know, we we're free to speculate about what those reasons might be, but for some reason, all of a sudden we've decided, uh, the ends might actually justify the means. And uh, especially when the means are so vile and wicked and evil, um, it's just really, it calls into question, like you said, David, it calls into question so much of, of what we've said we want to be. And it really calls into question our witness. It calls into question our, our view of um, not to, you know, slippery slopes is too much, but I mean in some sense it might call their question our view of the authority of the Bible. Yeah. Um, like the authority goes this far and then and then all of a sudden for some reason we might be able to uh to renege on what we said absolutely from the word of God. That's just there are major problems there.
3: <laughs> and I would like to emphasize too what what Brandon brought up here, the issue of pragmatism uh in how we're dealing with this issue. I think it's being exposed here in a really bad way on a very serious issue. We're dealing with uh, the murder of babies used to uh, somehow profit our health today. But this dare I say has been one of the golden calves of the Southern Baptist convention is, is pragmatism. Mm -hmm. We see it in our worship, we see it in almost many things we do as Southern Baptists. And, um, and now it's rearing. It's ugly talking about, babies being murdered so that, well, hey, in the end, it might, it might give us some better health or it might save us from a, a virus. Um, this is, it's, it's coming back to bite us, the fact that we've not been principled, we've not stood consistently on God's word, but have instead given into
1: pragmatism in many different areas. If we have to choose pragmatism, especially pragmatism that, that came from such vile, wicked means like aborting babies um, in order to be healthy, then uh Christians have often been in situations like that. And we choose to die, right? We choose not to be healthy. We choose to sacrifice our health for the sake of truth, uh, for the sake of um standing up for the truth and ultimately obviously for the sake of the gospel. And so um if abortion is the anti-gospel, then absolutely if you have to choose taking a vaccine that has aborted baby parts, um or or being unhealthy or maybe even dying then to lose christ and to die as Cain, and uh and you stand on that instead of instead of all these other pragmatic means that we might we might fall into and it's, so yeah it's it's deep, like i've said it here and i say it so often it's just so deeply tragic that um we switched like you mentioned david from what we've what we've even said ourselves um, and then, like you said, Joshua, just the, there's been this pattern, this growing pattern um, in the SBC writ large and the NBC, and even in what we might call evangelical culture at large uh, to just uh, say the ends justify the means in, in every area of life. It's, it's, really, it's really tragic, is a nice word for it.
0: Yeah, and so there's another thing that Josh, you uh, brought to um, light before we got recording tonight anyway, it was uh, Robert Jeffress um, was uh, sort of uh, painting this in a light of, um, you know, God, like, you know, we're we're all good Calvinists in this discussion right now. You know, we believe in the sovereignty (laughs) of God um, in all things. We believe uh, Ephesians, um, how God works everything good. Um, according to his will will and purpose and everything and so like we we understand that and so he's sort of taken this and painted this in the light of well god's going to bring good out of this we should celebrate it almost right is that kind of the attitude <laughs> that you see
3: yeah i mean in in the robert Jeffords interview that i saw which you can go find on youtube video interview um he was he was he was also admitting that uh, aborted baby cells were used in the production of these vaccines and saying, well, it's okay then to use them since we know God can um, use good people, um, which the fact that God does that is not dealing with what our responsibility is. Um, so just because God does that doesn't mean we can throw out
1: all ethical considerations with, uh, with anything. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's smuggling the idea that euthanasia can now be okay and murder for, in any other way can now be okay. And any evil practice that we might engage in, if we can just Im- imagine some way that it could be used for good, that all of a sudden we're justified in doing that. And yeah, it's wicked.
2: Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm just going to follow some of that argument, um, Brandon, that you had put forward there with our ends justifying the means. And what are we doing uh, as a means of being practical? Each of us are at some point going to be called to care for maybe a dying grandparent or parent or maybe even a dying child. Um, It would be a whole lot easier, practical speaking, for me to send them to a nursing home and not have to worry about that. Um, I don't think that that's what scripture calls me to do. Uh, In fact, in my church, um, one of the ladies that I just love is like, uh, is a spiritual mother to me in so many ways. Uh, She took her husband's dying father into their home and cared for him and literally created long term health issues for herself that she still struggles with to this day. Right. But she did that not as a means of of being practical. She did that out of a means of God's word says that we are to care and honor our mother and father. And we are going to honor, even though this guy was a lost person, we're going to proclaim the gospel to him. And so doing things in such a way so that they're practical and uh, work to benefit us. Now, that's just so foreign to Christian worldview. And certainly, it will be much more practical for us to off everybody who is at a certain age but not at all contributing to society anymore. I yeah. mean... That's just not part of the Christian ethic by any means. And so what we've done here is we've said, well, because this is going to benefit us by creating a vaccine, we're okay with it. And we just cannot follow through with that mindset. And that causes me to just jump into this article that was written by Dr. Alan Branch on Uh, December 31st of 2020. Maybe you two are familiar with it. I just want to give you, he gives uh, some arguments as to why he would have voted against that Resolution 4. And again, Resolution 4 was titled on the use of products of fetal tissue research. And it said, we as Missouri Baptists reject that idea. Here is our Missouri Baptist major publication saying, hey, let's embrace that idea now. Let's justify that. But here's what Dr. Branch says. And I'm going to throw out some of his arguments and just kind of want to hear your responses to them, uh, both of you guys, if that's okay. He says, first, the resolution reflects a confused and truncated understanding of the relationship between childhood vaccines and fetal tissue derived from abortion. Two human cell lines originally derived from two aborted babies, one of whom was aborted in Sweden in 1964, the other in England in 1970 are used to develop five vaccines currently used in the United States. He would have voted against this because it doesn't have a right understanding of the use of uh fetal tissue derived from the abortion i'm just going to say first of all i don't care if the practical and medical term is fetal tissue it's baby tissue right. Just let's be honest nobody as as so many have said much more eloquently than me we don't speak latin in this country we speak <laughs> english
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to me, yeah. it comes down to you know just just to read it. I mean, since we're in here, this ends justifying the means. You know, Romans six one just says straight out, Paul says, "What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that may, grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live when, still live in it? And so it's one of those yeah. things. It's, it's it's one of those things that you know if you don't know information here, um, and and you got the vaccine, okay, you know, but it's like. It's a, uh, it's the uh, go and sin no more. <laughs> you know, right. like there's there is room for repentance, there is room for grace. Um, if you go ahead and do it anyway, understandably, you know we're not discounting the grace of God in all this, um, but at the same time, if you know, and you know what the scripture says, and you know um, the information about things, then what are you going to do? And this is what we're talking about. This is what we need to do. Um, <laughs> this
1: is actually the problem with Don Hinkle mm-hmm. even writing an article that raises awareness to the fact that there's a board of baby parts because um, he, he is actually you know, if he's saying this and then saying it's okay he's multiplying guilt, right? Because now it's not you know, Leviticus had a place for like unintentional sins. It's not an unintentional sin anymore. Now um, you're implying that it's okay to use Um, I mean, I I would just one of the things that I would say to people who are making these arguments like this, I would just say, name another place where we would be okay with uh, murdering people and then using their bodies for scientific research or the health of other people. Um, We just would would not Germany, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, To go back to the Alan Branch
3: article you mentioned, David. Yeah. uh, So just real quick to clarify what he was saying. He was saying that it, he it's, uh, it's okay um, if it comes from a tissue from, and not an actual baby. Is that what he was saying? Even so- though he's
2: Yeah, he says essentially that, well, and he moves on to say that these are immortalized cell lines, meaning that they can reproduce indefinitely. In neither case was the abortion performed in order to provide tissue for research. The two cell lines derived from these abortions are known as WI-38 and MRC-5. Furthermore, no abortions are currently being performed to continue these cell lines, and the idea that the abortion industry is feeding a pipeline of fetal tissue to produce modern vaccines is inaccurate.
3: Okay, so that brings a different response to me now, but... That's not true. There is an article, I, again, we can drop it in the comments if we need to, or, um, on a .gov website, an article on a .gov website from 2015. It wasn't talking about any specific vaccine, but just vaccine production in general. And they document in this .gov article um, how over time they need to have more uh, uh, fetal cell tissue to build back up these older ones that they started with, and I was in two fa- thousand fifteen, saying that it was common to have new aborted babies used to help build up these old cell lines. So they're that's not, not,
2: that's not true. Yeah, they're not just reproducing these same ones. Not, in fact, yeah, as of twenty fifteen,
1: at least continuing. Hmm. I'm, I'm curious to know what what the why it's okay to use the the tissue of you know an elective abortion as long as it's like we found it after the fact yeah not like it was just, I'm curious what kind of line they're trying to draw there anyway I'm not even understanding what the point of that distinction is you know where did that tissue come from you don't have baby tissue
3: unless you have a baby unless you have conception already happening which as christians that is when we we define personhood life at conception. Well, There's no it, tissue before that.
2: It seems to me that arbitrary lines are being drawn. And for right. me, and I just love what Jason Lyle says when he says no worldview is allowed to be arbitrary. Yeah. We would ridicule any atheist in a discussion. We would ridicule any Mormon in a discussion. Uh, anyone who is being arbitrary in such a way so as to not provide solid foundational um, true statements. What we've done here with this type of discussion is we've said, well, in this case, there's a special pleading fallacy that we're going to justify and we can't do that. The issue isn't that we're against vaccines. The issue is we're against the murder of children foundationally mm, right. and so you can say all day look they this baby was murdered a long time ago we can use it now no 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 it was never okay it wasn't okay when they did it and for me to now say it's all right for me to benefit from that is exceptionally problematic and i'm, I'm honestly appalled at the idea that our southern baptist ethicists are saying these things do they not see the arbitrary standards by which they're approaching this? I want some good things, and, and I want to continue in Dr. Branch's article, if that's okay, because mm-hmm. he gives us you know, um, five arguments as to why he would have voted against us. And, and I don't know how familiar you two were with that resolution prior to me sending it to you. It is a brief resolution. It's concise, um, but I think it's— it, I think that it is intentionally specific, uh, and I I think that part of the problem is that if you want it to be vague, you can make it vague by trying to read things into it Uh, his second argument is second the resolution lacks the precision needed to speak about current research on COVID-19 vaccine the rumor has circulated via the internet and social media that the pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca vaccine contains the tissue from aborted fetuses I don't hear you guys saying that by the way yeah that's not your argument. That's not our argument. I don't think that that was Michael's argument either, by the way. He says that the AstraZeneca vaccine is developed from a kidney cell known as HEK-293, derived from an abortion in 1973. There's the same problem. Yeah, right. right. It's still, It's. It's. to me, these are one in, in the same argument. It's still, well, this happened in 1973. I mean, I've heard Dr. Mueller say the same thing. But was it wrong in 1973? Yes, but. If you have to say yes, but, then you're being arbitrary. You're yeah. being inconsistent. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: I think we've kind of dealt with that second one. He says, third, the resolution blurs an important moral distinction between the sale of body parts from preborn humans and vaccines derived from cell lines origina- originating with human fetal tissue any thoughts on that i hope i'm I not
1: mean, if we're, if yeah if we if we're making uh, if there's some type of capitalistic dependence on yeah. uh the murder of children uh and we're saying that's okay then that's
0: not okay yeah, uh, yeah you know i think that's you know i think that's what it is it's
1: like we're you know uh, it's uh, we're going to say it over and over it's just a different end now um, I mean, it's just a different means now that we're justifying it in with. Now it's, you know, well, uh, we have, uh, we're, we're not doing it for, you know, the, this type of capitalistic endeavor. We're selling, you know, baby parts. I, I don't even know what all baby parts get sold for um, or have been sold for, but we're saying, well, it's okay to have these economic, you know, capitalistic endeavors um, based on the murder of children as long, again, the implication is as long as it's going to help a whole bunch of people. It's still really that same type of argument. And there is profit going on still in vaccine u-
3: uh, use. These right. vaccine yes. companies are right. making tons of money. Off no, nobody's, yeah, nobody's doing this. It's I'm just a different, a different person benefiting.
0: Right. Yeah, does, it, does it matter if uh, they were surrendered to you for free?
3: Right. Well, or yeah, if it was right surrendered on. to
0: you for a dollar? There is no difference you still have a murdered baby that there is no justice given to. So again, life, you know, whoever sheds the b- blood of a man, by man his blood shall be shed. That's the standard. And well, there's and no that's justice, interesting. And so this is not doing any justice for the murdered image-bearer.
2: And that's interesting because in this third Argument he says this, but the cell lines derived from fetuses aborted many years ago are a different moral issue needing a specific response
0: so time time is now the factor right. so this is the going back to the very yeah so it goes back to the very beginning of our conversation on this. um when is it yeah. is it five years after the baby's been murdered, right? Is it 10 years? Is it 15 years? When is the line now on time that makes it a different issue?
2: Right. So the next uh, argument, fourth, this resolution fails to clarify what it means by health and beauty products made from aborted fetuses. That's interesting. Seems like, there's matter? A, yeah, like there you should, go. They're it they're... seems like there's an agreement. Yeah, we don't want to use health and beauty products, you know, used uh, that are that were uh, produced as a result of aborted fetuses. Again, I hate that that's being said. Why are Christians using those terms? It's just foreign right. to me. Right. Uh, seems like there's a difference. Oh, of course we're against health and beauty products that are made from aborted fetuses.
0: Again, and this to, to clarify that on our position is it's, they don't have to be aborted for the sake of the health and beauty product. It's just the abortion in general. (laughs) It doesn't have to have any caveats or anything. We are saying it doesn't matter how you got the fetal parts. You got them free. Um, if you got them for a dollar, doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter what doesn't time, matter what long. their use is. Yeah, right? it doesn't matter that if they were meant to be used for that certain purpose or not. We're just saying, Hey, we need to stop feeding the monster. Right? <laughs> you stop it, you know, and we need to take a stand against
2: I'm it I'm gonna I'm going to jump over his fifth argument. Um, I don't think it's really something that we want to, need to really jump into, but I want to state this. Here's how Dr. Branch ends his statement. A well-worded resolution addressing moral complicity in the use of vaccines derived from human fetal lines is certainly appropriate for Baptists to consider. A poorly worded, confused resolution, which blurs important moral issues and subtly gives credence to inaccurate information, is not prudent for any deliberative body, especially for Missouri Baptist. Does it not seem that there's some inconsistency in what's being said here? What is an appropriate
1: resolution? Yeah, I'd want to. Yeah, I certainly want to hear him try to clarify what he means by that.
2: Because. And-
1: it seems appropriate. It seems appropriate to to just make blanket statements. We don't want to, we don't want to create dependence on, we don't want to have a worldview that has a slippery slope of saying it's okay to depend on, um, uh, these, um, unjustified, never rectified crimes. Uh, and, and, uh, and I mean, there's some level of complicit, complicitness, complicity in that, um, when we when we have a worldview that that's like that, so I think making broad sweeping statements like all the all the beauty products that might have been considered uh, are now null and void, all the vaccines that might have been considered are now null and void. You know, and part of the uh, you know the complicity issue, the com- complicity language
3: used there um, is part of that. I see is when we are using these products, beauty product, vaccine, whatever that we know have come from these means, um, we are helping to create a market where we're, right. we're, we're, we're providing incentives for these companies to keep doing this. And, um, that's, you know, that's a big issue, right?
0: Yeah, so it's just like the big thing is, that you know, so when are we going to stop and how are we as Missouri Baptists going to play a role in stopping, like I said, feeding, feeding the monsters, what we need to. So what this looks like to me is stuff that we teach from the pulpit, you know, like we need to stop with the idea of how far can I sin before. You know, I need to stop. Basically, it's that same same thing. You know, so there's sins of commission, there's sins of omission, and all that kind of stuff. And we, as a nation, and as a world, as a totally depraved bunch of people on this world, that are only saved um, by the choice of God and by the grace of God. You know we are all complicit in a lot of things, totally, and so we could admit that. Yeah, we are all complicit in a lot of things, but what are we going to do about it? And this is what right. this is what we're talking about. What are we going to do about it? And uh, that's what we make these resolutions for. So this is what resolution four um, was put forward for from Matthew Wilbanks. Who he, he was awesome. He was humble um, in presenting it. You know, whenever resolution three got gutted like it did, but the inconsistency shown that they let this one. <laughs> you know through you know i was sitting here just going like do you see what you just did people <laughs> you know, but you know because this one does even if it's a simply worded resolution it takes care of business it says we are not going to stand for the use like we we need to as missouri baptists say i need to look at the label i need to look up the things that i take like medicines beauty products, health products, whatever it is. And I need to find out, you know, are they utilizing for this? Is my dime going to end up going? Because like my tax dollars are forced to go. I have less control over that of my money going to Planned Parenthood. But whenever I go to Target or Walmart or Walgreens, I have every bit of control over what I buy and what I use and what I not use and so can we use utilize especially that area where we have a lot of individual control over and take a stand and not feed feed the machine and that's what this is totally for and so I i don't i don't get the you know why i'm against it but whatever you know it is what it is but this is what we continue need to continually need to work on um as southern as missouri baptist as southern baptist as christianity in general so
3: yeah, we, we need more clear resolutions like this, very simple, straightforward ones, because the Bible is very clear on what it, what our duty and responsibility is. And, you know, unfortunately, I think we're seeing a lot of of our Christian ethicists today where that term now, that title of a Christian ethicist has just become a title of someone who is um, finding a way to... Justify worldly ethics to a Christian audience. And what a Christian ethicist ought to be doing is starting with the Word of God and going from there. And it seems there's kind of a switching around uh, with some of these arguments going on.
2: Yeah. Well, and that brings me to the resolution. Neither one of you guys were at the Missouri Baptist Annual meeting, isn't that right? Correct. Okay. So you didn't get to speak about the resolution to abolish abortion. Uh, you've now read it. I think this is a good discussion to have. I don't want to keep you guys up too late because I know you got work tomorrow. Uh, we all have work tomorrow to do, um, and so I don't want to keep you up. I know we could probably talk a lot longer, but based upon both of you uh, and your reading of the resolution three, what would be some reasons that you would say it should be rejected, and a another resolution to about on the abolition of abortion should be written.
3: Well, um, the two things that jumped out of me, out to me when I, when I read that resolution was it kept it kept saying that we should abolish elective abortions.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, why not just say abortions? Um, why is it elective abortions? Um, and then, and then, of course, at the end when they turned around and said we should seek to abolish abortion without compromise, except for the life of a mother. So they just said we should, without compromise, abolish. Abolish abortion, except we are gonna compromise. Are
1: compromise. There's a <laughs> yeah. yeah. Major inconsistency. Do you guys know what the reason for like I don't even understand what the elective abortion or what are they trying to distinguish? My thing is it seems like they're trying to distinguish between things like abortive patients and other uh, you know, more surgical abortions. Or maybe even I mean, I don't understand what they might could even be going for there.
0: Yeah, I don't I know uh whenever um it got gutted twice uh, by the way, <laughs> so it was, it was the initial gutting by the committee um and then afterwards, there was still um uh, i think it was uh, it was uh well I guess he's a representative too, also a pastor, but a representative um doug Ritchie um came back and going like, Wait a second, there's still enough language in here that would keep me from um signing um you know just just standard pro life stuff Um, He wasn't getting the fact that, you know, yeah, sign the pro-life stuff, but guess what? You're especially if you are in government, um, stop working on pro-life stuff and actually write something for abolition. Like just stop waiting around for somebody else, like say Mike Moon, like he could have been doing something himself. You know, it's his personal responsibility. He wasn't getting that out of us, you know. But he he said that there was still enough language in there that um, he would have to just uh, focus only on abolition. He couldn't focus on anything else. And, you know, he was still mad over, like, the fact that um, the document does call did call us to repentance that 47 well, years of they, work didn't work.
2: That's what they – so yeah, initially – so that's,
0: that's where the language is coming from. Yeah,
2: and the video is available, but basically Adam and I don't get a chance to speak to it in a real way i get up to the mic and they gut it and they cut out about i'm not exaggerating seven of the whereas statements specifically Uh the statement about southern baptists should repent for Mm -hmm. not for not saying that we should abolish abortion from the beginning that that is wrong let's cut that uh the idea that we are going to hold a mother who has aborted her baby yeah. to the standard of scripture was gutted. those are the two ones that jumped out of me. and that was about a 10 minute speech where they gutted where they gutted those things and they gave me all of two minutes to respond
0: yeah and yeah by Which the time that you handed shameful. me the mic right. i was like i've got nothing <laughs> for you know in yeah. 20 yeah. seconds that's going to sway <laughs> anybody um but yeah so you had that you had the uh, the the, yeah, the major issue was uh treating the mother as a murderer if she gets an abortion and they definitely right. played that up in front of everybody um and you know that that's definitely the emotion grabber um but right. then, and yeah, so, all, so Doug Ritchie yeah is the one that added all the exceptions. Elective abortion. All the, yeah, all the yeah. verbiage. That was not us. Yeah. 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 So and then by that time it was already said and done. And so the only way to do this thing is to go back again with something brandly brand new, freshly written, and now the pro life way even harder because now we have to add more stuff to go. We screwed it up here now right. we've got to go back to where it was
2: well and here's the deal adam and i were not invited to yeah. the changes and the modifications we were an in this was
3: your resolution
2: we yeah. submitted it as soon. <laughs> as soon as it could go yes
0: yeah, so but someone else
2: submitted it who was a pro-lifer so who did they go to
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was, is uh, with the with the Southern Baptist for the abolition of abortion, we we talked to Clay Hall and uh, Darren Sted from them. Um, Dave talked to them afterwards, and we got the green light to be the Missouri Baptist for the abolition abortion um, people. And so basically, we we asked them permission because it's their document. We asked them permission to make it state like state verbiage. They said okay. So we had the permission to use their typed out document. So it's not our original document, but we had permission to use it. Yeah, you guys were the, the one sending it forward. Dave yeah. was yes. the one that sent it in. And then I know that we had, at the same time, Tim Tim F- Faber, I think, got a hold of it somehow and um, was pushing it. it and so I thought we had sort of an agreement that we had something on here. And then that's kind of when everything went haywire.
2: Even if you that. look at it in the program, our names are omitted from it.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: Not that we wanted credit, but it would be right. kind of nice to get to Same defend it. Well, we, guys who, yeah. when we did the defense of it, uh, and Adam had to work that day because they always do it at an awkward time, so Adam didn't get to speak to the resolution in the committee. So when I speak to it in the committee, I see, oh, wow, they have this other individual tim faber he's he is also submitted i thought oh good i had no clue that he was an abolitionist that's that's interesting so i said to him trying to be cordial which i will not be this way next time i'll be more aggressive i said well brother uh you're the doctor i'm not the doctor you you speak first and in about 30 seconds of him speaking i was like he is he doesn't know what an abolitionist is. Yeah. <laughs> and then it became exceptionally clear when, I mean, if you just listen to him at all from the floor, he just affirms the incrementalist movement over and over and over again, yeah, and, and how great a, it
0: is. And it becomes the pro life redefinition of what abolitionism is, and then that's what you know the Missouri Baptists can pat their backs on about. So that now we have the term, and that's all that really comes out um, in the yeah. wash. Um, lo- the logical conclusion to all this is now we get to use the term abolitionist, <laughs> but not by the same definition.
1: Wow. Yeah, and, and
3: clearly you know connecting c- connecting the dots here this the abolition resolution resolution issue with the vaccine issue they're go they're hand in hand you know mm-hmm. if if you're going to be okay and want to justify using aborted baby cells for vaccines then you can't be an abolitionist right. and if you're going to be an abolitionist you got to be a- a- against any use of baby cells and right inconsistency this is this is the pragmatism issue we've we've been talking about it's very sad
2: well guys i really appreciate all three of you taking time on a weeknight to visit with us about these things we'd love to have you both on again um i still want to i've never watched the erlc's uh, pro-life videos. I just haven't had number one, the time or number two, the motivation and, uh, and how about intestinal that. fortitude uh, to, to, uh, to put myself through it. But Hey, the God and government conference was really good. Do you have something like that planned in the future? Kind of tell me what's going on uh, in, in the hopper for you guys as you're moving forward with things.
1: Um. We want, we, yes, we want to do more conferences. We'd like to um, be able to continue to speak to that th- these particular types of issues. Um, but as pastors, we certainly have a desire to speak to a whole bunch of other issues, and be able to disciple people yeah. um, and other issues as well. So uh, Lord willing, maybe even this fall, we would have another conference. Um, not sure exactly what it'll be on, but I'm sure it'll be... Uh, feisty (laughs) not to
3: uh bite off more than we can chew here but we're tentatively hoping to to make it a regular thing to have a fall and a spring conference Mm. speak Mm. to all these so many different issues that Mm. need to be spoken to especially with our you know local area that are just not being issues that are not being spoken of from the pulpits and so i think there's a real need for it and um We'll let you guys know.
2: Yeah. Here's my little piece that I want to put out to you guys. October 25th and 26th is the Missouri Baptist annual meeting. It would be great for us to get together and write a real resolution on the abolition of abortion, yeah. but maybe by that time it won't even be necessary because it'll be illegal in our state.
0: Yeah. Uh, that would
2: be great. That would be a good, good thing. So, well, uh, You guys are so so kind to give us some time and to come on the program. And Brandon, we we hope uh, Adam told me a little bit about possibly a a writing project. Is that right? He's already written, so we just have to do something about it. uh, Maybe Lord willing, we'll we'll get that to work. But thank you guys so much. Adam, thank you. I really appreciate you guys speaking to this. I I know this is, we could have spent longer, but I think this is uh, hopefully going to, uh, elicit a response on a few people. I think we we called basically four people out to <laughs> invite them to to interact. We'd love to yeah. discuss these things great in greater detail with them. So. Out of my head, back to you. All you right. close
0: us out, brother. All right. Well, guys, uh, thank you guys again uh, from my side, anyway, for uh, again, Tuesday night recording this um, and getting together to do this. Uh, thank you, Dave, for um, bringing this to yeah. my attention and uh, doing what you did with it. And, uh, guys, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast and anybody that has listened to this podcast that was with us for at least 30 minutes on the live cast. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah. you. Thank you for your patience. Uh, this, uh, as in all things, Grace and mercy, we ask uh, for it, and uh, we know that we continue to do um, work for God and and you know to glorify him. So with that said, this is the Tag You're it Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am
1: Dave. I'm Joshua, I'm Brandon. And Soli. Tayo
0: Gloria